Welcome to Prescribed Listening by the University of Toledo Medical Center. I'm your host, Tessa Lackey. In today's episode, we're breaking down what's going on with aspartame and it being listed as a possible carcinogen by the World Health Organization. If you followed any of this over the last couple months, it's been kind of confusing between what the FDA has been saying and how you should really be responding to aspartame and how you use it. And if you're a diet soda person, this is an episode you're going to want to hear as aspartame is most famously known for being in diet pop. Some other interesting things that Dr. Srini Hajibu from UTMC Internal Medicine and I discuss in this episode are how sugar alcohols can impact diabetics, how that 2 p.m. soda might not be giving you the effects that you're hoping it will, and some alternatives that you can try to boost your energy and benefit your overall health. So here's our conversation about aspartame. Dr. Hajibu, thank you so much for joining us today. So this has been all over the news lately about aspartame and how it's being listed as a possible carcinogen, and which means that it could cause cancer. So who says that aspartame is an artificial chemical sweetener widely used in various foods and beverage products since the 1980s, including diet drinks, chewing gum, gelatin, ice cream, dairy products, such as yogurt, breakfast cereal, toothpaste, medications like cough drops, and chewable vitamins. So what should people be aware of when it comes to aspartame in their diet? So it is so readily used in a number of things like you just listed. It's hard to understand, um, you know, if you actually look at the ingredients of these different products, it may not be listed readily. Some of the sweeteners are table, uh, where you can add it to coffee and different things like that. But when it's processed food, what they actually do is combine a number of different sweeteners to get that flavor and the FDA only requires depending on the amount that you give so the higher amount of ingredients are listed in the top five and the sweeteners are less quantity so that you may not exactly see what exactly is in them the only one that the FDA requires you to document is saccharin so saccharin was in the 1970s shown to cause Uh, urologic cancers in rat models and so they put that warning out and they gave it a they took away there was a rating called safe for consumption basically and initially they took saccharin off the safe for consumption list and then um, after further studies that did not show significant um, you know urologic cancers or other cancers they gave them that that moniker back saying it is safe for consumption, but they require saccharin to be labeled no matter what amount in the ingredients. So that's why it can be very confusing um, for consumers when they look, um, look for you know, different types of sweeteners. So it seems like there's a disagreement between who and the FDA on aspartame and as a, as a possible carcinogen, who being for it and FDA being against it. So what advice would you give people in terms of if it's something that's a higher amount and how to kind of proceed as they are looking at a nutrition list? So so as a nutrition list, I think definitely more studies are required. You know, I think the World Health Organization came out with this statement that it may be a potential carcinogen. Um, But again, the studies have not completely uh, documented this. So more studies are required. But I think from a consumer standpoint, 
if we could do things in moderation, we always go a long way. It, you know, if we take excess of any one particular item, because we don't know the mechanism of these chemicals that affects our body, there may be adverse effects, effects that we don't know yet. Um, you know, there are some things that these artificial sweeteners have shown uh, to cause, um, but again, nothing is definitive. Um, but there is some changes in the body that are worrisome. Okay. So what kind of changes in the body? So, I, you know, so from my understanding, um, like aspartame and some of the synthetics, they do affect the, the gut microbiota. So the gut microbiota is used for homeostasis. So um, glucose sensitivity, um, you know, your drive to, you know, eat more sweets or your drive to consume more foods may be affected by the effect on the gut microbiota. And we, the proposed mechanism is what we see, especially in our diabetics, it kind of seems to make sense that, you know, um, you know diabetics think that they're eating or drinking no calorie substances, but it actually affects their insulin sensitivity, their insulin requirements, their um, gut hormones that are released to maintain this homeostasis. So yeah, there's quite a bit that we know, but there's a lot we don't know yet. Okay. So aspartame is found in a lot of different diet soda. So for those people that have that required two o'clock diet soda that they that's just a part of their routine or they're a big soda drinker in general should people be switching to regular soda so if you remember the the push was um, especially with the uh, obesity uh, epidemic less calories so initially they were saying or you know the recommendation was to limit the amount of sugar you're taking in and um, so people chose these alternative methods, so the diet sodas. Now, the more information we're getting from these diet sodas and things, they're causing other issues rather than just calorie intake. So the recommendation is no, we don't want you to consume diet sodas and other diet artificial sweeteners. We'd rather you take natural substances, water, you know, non-sugary drinks. When I looked at the studies as far as does diet sodas actually make you lose weight? The, the overwhelming answer is no. You do not lose weight with diet sodas. Um, the only thing that it was proven was that diet drinks actually help uh, cavities. So dental caries is prevented because you're taking in less sugar. That's the only thing. Everything else, it does not, it, there's no proven benefit uh, as far as weight loss. For diabetics, so does diet soda impact diabetics? Especially diabetics. So I, I'm really concerned about the gut microbiota and how the homeostasis, so insulin sensitivity, gut hormones such as GLP-1, if those are affected, that affects how blood sugars um, um, are affected in a diabetic. So yes, it's very concerning. So I actually recommend not to use diet sodas for my diabetic patients. I, I would prefer they drink regular soda if they're going to drink a soda, but I'd prefer that they mainly use water and other non-sweetened beverages. We know diabetics also have issues with weight, so I'm very concerned about what these effects are that 
we know some information, but there's a lot of information we don't know on how it affects their long-term health. Uh, there's been some issues with cardiovascular disease with some of these sweeteners. So I am concerned that, especially in my high-risk population, I, I tend to say, please don't use diet drinks if possible. If you occasionally want a, a soda, you know, occasionally that's, that's fine. But for the most part, I try to steer them away from the diet uh, drinks and dry, diet sodas. And if it's every now and then that they're drinking a regular soda, how often a week would you say is like good? Uh, you know, again, it's, I, I like the word moderation. If you look at the, the FDA guidelines on sugar content, there's um, 25 grams for women, 35 for men. I'm not really sure why there's a discrepancy between men and women, mm-hmm. um, but it's somewhere around there is what you, you should consume. Obviously, if you can do less, like 10 grams of sugar per day, that's reasonable. And it's the same thing with the diet sodas. If you can limit it, you know, periodic, everyone has a craving. And, you know, if you could limit it, that that's helpful. Now, the other thing that these uh, artificial sweeteners do is uh, change the, the drive in the brain. Again, it's not completely proven, but there's more drive to increase more sugary substances when you take diet sodas. Uh, eat more carbohydrates. It, it affects the brain in ways that we really are not completely sure yet, but it's, it's in that direction where you're, you're, you're requiring more sugar. It makes you eat more. Uh, and I think that's the mechanism of why you don't lose weight with uh, diet, diet drinks. So for, for me personally, I'm someone that I try to use natural sweeteners when I'm able to, sometimes just a like, you know, if you're going to go out for a burger, just a, a soda is just, that's what the recipe calls for, you know. But for most of the time, for me personally, that's what I use. So I mostly use stevia, raw cane sugar, honey, or maple syrup. My understanding of stevia is that it's from a stevia leaf, so it's that it's natural. But that sometimes manufacturers add another sugar called erythritol mm-hmm. in it. And that erythritol makes it, like, like takes it up a whole nother notch and makes the sugar sweeter. So for those who are trying to use natural sweeteners or are trying to, or purchasing different like beverages or foods that appear to be healthier, is it, so is something like stevia or like a, like a a soda sweetened with stevia, is it okay to use? Yeah. So that's, again, we we go back to that moderation. Anything in moderation is really good. If you want to use the natural ones, I think the other one that is um, besides stevia is the monk fruit. Um, extract um, and also cane uh, sugar cane sugar uh, those are very good um, it's because of the naturally occurring again we want to use natural sugars natural sugar is okay but when you overdose on the even the natural sugars you can get yourself in trouble any anything in moderation w- would be a good idea and I think you're absolutely correct stevia would be a, a better option than the than the synthetic um, sweeteners. But no matter what, sugar is still sugar. Sugar is still sugar. It affects everything. So you want to limit it um, as much as possible within reason. So what are some other sugar substitutes that that you've seen that you would either recommend people use instead or that they should stay away from? So when I look, you know, I think there was like six sweeteners that are approved by the F- FDA. Uh, I think neotame, advantame, sucralose, saccharin are, are one of the, some of the few. Aspartame is, I think, 75 to 80 percent of the sweeteners used. 
in all of our products. I think that's why we've seen um, such news about that when the WHO came out and you know thought that it was potentially carcinogen. Uh, neotame is the one that we see a lot in um, for diabetic. So for the diabetics, they've been using neotame in their products, saying it's diabetic safe. Again, it, that that's unsure whether it truly would be beneficial or or less harm for a diabetic compared to aspartame. Interesting, interesting. So, and is that like bold on the back normally, and like the like the nutrition label? That's see, that's the issue. They don't the labels don't have to put the sweetener on there because of the amount that they use. Um, so it's it goes by the ingredient amounts. So the top five, so whatever the product is, you know, the the sweetener is actually on the lower end of amount used. So it doesn't appear on the nutrition label. That's so frustrating. Yes. I mean, you would think that that's something that they would have to put on there. I mean, because it's it's it was it's in there. Correct. Correct. Ultimately, so I think if if you had a an extensive list of the label, so you'd have to dig, 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 and to try to find every single ingredient, and you may see it down at the bottom. And that's in the FDA. That's their you know recommendation that you know you know the top five get the top billing, and then the rest kind of get you know filtered in and again even the the aspartame is combined with others like you said stevia they add an additional sweetener uh, to make that sweet so when they use smaller amounts and then add additional things that amount gets smaller and smaller yeah which the concept of making sugar sweeter to me just blows my mind a little bit i mean i understand that you know we as people and then everyone has their own their own sugar tooth and everything too but sugar's I mean, if you were just buying sugar, it's sweet enough. You know? Well, so. and, and that's the funny thing is that they, they measure it against sucrose. There's actually a level uh, that they measure the sweetness of the ingredient. And so you're right. Sugar is sugar. Sugar, I'm not really sure why, um, you know, why you need to keep making it sweeter and sweeter. Yeah. But, you know, that's what, you know, people crave. Yeah. So with so, what are some side effects that if someone is being impacted negatively by any of these sweeteners that they might notice and should talk to their doctor about? So I think there, you know, there's no obvious side effect. I mean, you're going to uh, have less energy if you are tend to consume um, these artificial sweeteners. You may see a little bit of weight gain. You're craving more sweets or you're craving more. Um, carbohydrates. Um, One of the sweeteners does um, actually uh, trigger migraine headaches. So you can have migraine headaches from some of these sweeteners. Um, We see these uh, when people tend to go off sodas or diet sodas, try to wean themselves off. Initially, they get a lot of headaches. It's that, that artificial sweetener that may be the potential cause of it. Hold on, let's dig into this really quick. So if so for people that are trying to drink like less soda, for example, it's not the caffeine, it's the sugar. We we think it's, it, it is a combination. So there is some component of the caffeine that your body requires. It's again, it's another substance that your body's used to, you know, having all the time. And then you on top of that, you have these artificial sweeteners that your body needs, and it may trigger migraine headaches or other low-grade headaches that uh, you know pe- people suffer from that's so even just saying what you were saying before about how 
drinking a soda makes you feel fatigued and then it's it makes you crave carbohydrates it sounds like it's the opposite effect of what people are intending for Absolutely. you know you drink a diet coke or you drink something in general caffeinated to you know keep yourself moving but actually it's just weighing you down weighing. and making things worse so exactly so you're getting the opposite effect and so that's why that's why i think you could just do better with the unsweetened natural you know drinks um you know water um is better than some of these artificial things so with like that two o'clock slump if anyone's using a soda or anything like that is making a cup of coffee better or is there or should you just be like hitting the water harder hitting the water probably a little bit harder um you know cat you know we tend there's a lot of supplements out there of caffeine boost and things like that you know those have their own side effects correct so you want to you may be causing additional problems just to kind of give you a little bit of pep. I know there's a lot of caffeine drinkers out there that need that afternoon. That's because they, they need it because your body is, you've been used to it. And that's why you need that extra boost at, you know, in the afternoon. Would you say it's almost like your body is saying like, hey, I need something, but it, you're not giving it exactly what it potentially Correct. needs. Correct. Okay. Okay. The, the migraine thing blows my mind a little bit. So I'm personally, a my, I get migraines and I go through a process for migraines myself. And, um, I have a bunch of different diet triggers and whatnot, and then stress, but soda is, is an interesting, or having a certain sugar being a migraine trigger is very interesting. Absolutely. And you can, again, when you keep your headache diary, you can actually, you know, see exactly what you consumed and there may be a, a link to that. Yeah. The, when I went through, for anyone that is a migraine sufferer and you, if you do go through any kind of a, a diet or like a tracking plan on it, it actually really, really helps. Um, but the, but yeah, being able to do that and to see exactly like, oh yeah, I had a soda every day at two o'clock and I got a headache. I mean, would you say if you would know it is a migraine from a soda, for example, if it's like 15 minutes or so Correct. after? Okay. Exactly. So it, you're, 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 by the time you, you absorb it and ingest it, it gets to the brain and triggers that migraine. You, you will absolutely be able to correlate it with after that consumption. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and with, and if you are suffering from migraines, you should talk to your doctor and see, go through the process and figure out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and like you, you did, I, I think the headache diary is the, is the key. And it's everything that you consume, not only medications, you know, food items, you know, drink items, perfumes, because some of these, you know, we, we, when we looked at these, these, these artificial sweeteners are in perfumes, too, so that you can actually be, you know, having that as a trigger. Uh, to the migraines. For migraines. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, and then migraines itself. I mean, it can be anything from the temperature to like, oh, there's just so many so different things. It's very frustrating life for migraines. It's sometimes. really <laughs> difficult. And when, when I tell my patients, you know, you know, create a diary, they look at me like, you know, what do you mean? You know, I, I get a headache every day, but it literally, you need to pinpoint it because not everyone is the same. You can have one trigger and someone else can have something completely different. So, you you know, we're still understanding headaches, you know, like, yeah. you know, so it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, I think for me, being able to do that and bring that to my doctor really, really helped. And to be able, I mean, just to be able to learn for myself, like, oh, these things also trigger my migraine. So, for example, for me, I'm very sensitive to garlic and onion. And onion actually gives me migraines, too. Oh, wow. And garlic and onion is an 
<laughs> everything. <laughs> so, but keeping focused on sugar substitutes and whatnot as well. So, what are some uh, some ways to sweeten things up that can still be healthier for you and might not be any of these other like less impactful sugar substitutes? So, I, I, I think you know we go back to our natural, uh, naturally occurring, naturally occurring fruits. Um, some of these naturally occurring sweeteners that are available, I think those are the best options. But I always say, even for my fruit eaters, in moderation, you know, you can overdo it on fruit also. And remember, there is calories associated with naturally occurring sugar. So we want to limit calories too. So it's not a, you know, consume as much as you can of these, but it, it's in moderation. But if, you know, if you can avoid the processed baked desserts, if you will, <laughs> you know, those are, the, those are the ones that you, those are the pitfalls, you know, eating a natural substance would be better and healthier. Okay. So, okay, this is a little bit of an out there question. So have you heard of water talk? I have not. Okay. So water talk is one of those categories on TikTok that a lot of people have been doing different videos on and people have been making essentially like a mixed drink, but it's water. So they're using different syrups and different like powdered things and whatnot and it makes like a like a a sweeter different different water I have different family members that are really really into this right now so with things like drink mixes and and stuff like that is that something that if you're trying to drink more water that it's good to use or would you say maybe avoid those I'd probably avoid those because it's the same sweeteners that we we've been talking about there, um, remember, aspartame comes in different forms. Some of these other other sweeteners are not able to be used in baking, so they're not because of the heat. So you'll see it in gelatins and you know, yogurts and things like that. The the stevia is available as a table. Aspartame, I think. Um, I think monk fruit is like you can buy it at like the grocery store as well too correct i think like so stevia comes as like truvia um i think uh spartane you could see it in equal and, and natural taste i was just looking up some of these things um that um that you know you can add to um your water and things like that so you just have to be careful again it's the same same concept you you know even though it's not a diet beverage, but when you add the sweetener, it's become a diet beverage, right? Yeah. So it's the same thing. So uh, if you can, limit to just plain old water. Mm-hmm. I'm a big lemon person too, if someone, if you're able to do lemons. When Absolutely. I, yeah. that's, that's a great idea. It gives it a little bit of taste that, you know, does not cause any of the other side effects. Yeah. And then they make the different like water bottles where you can make different infusions and whatnot too. Like I've heard different people who will put like their strawberries and whatever else they want in there and they'll put it in a water bottle the night before. And then it's all the good flavors are mixed in there too. Exactly. That's a great way to get some flavor. I know a lot of my patients will say, oh, I hate water there's no taste you're right there's no taste but if you can add some of those naturally occurring absolutely that'd be a great idea yeah yeah awesome okay so the moral of the story here whether you have your higher risk and you have a cardiovascular issue or a diabetic or you're just in general living you're a general healthy person natural is more the way to go but in moderation things like diet soda and eating these other sweeteners is is okay 
Correct. Okay. So Dr. Hajibu, if someone is looking to schedule an appointment with you as a primary care doctor, how can someone get a hold of you? Uh, they can con- call us at our offices at uh, 419-383-5614. It's the Comprehensive Care Center on Glendale. Um, and there's a number of providers that can assist and kind of help you um, with this process. Thank you again, Dr. Hajibu, for joining us today to talk about aspartame and sugar alcohols. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Hajibu at the phone number listed in our show notes or that he just listed at the end of the episode. And if you like this episode and you want to hear more from us, you can subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. See you next time.